Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. that time again happy monday it is matt connerton unleashed and we are live from the studios of wmnh 95.3 fm in glorious downtown manchester new hampshire also on comcast 97 if you're in manchester and hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe of course you can go to my website mattconnerton.com for all of your live streaming options social media links contact info show archives etc etc uh today is monday march 7 2022 welcome everybody uh, Facebook is being its usual uh, glitchy self uh, as of late. Perhaps we're under a uh, cyber attack from Russia. I probably shouldn't uh, kid about that. Although I say that only half kidding. That would explain these uh, Facebook issues I've been having lately. My, my goodness. But uh, so, uh, but that is one of the ways that you can communicate with us. Of course, the best way is to give us a call on the WMNH studio line at 603 603- 250 uh, You can also text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or uh, send an email to Matt at MattConnerton.com. And, of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. Um, it is uh, going crazy over here, and I don't mean crazy as in uh, – all the interaction, I mean, crazy as in, uh, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to refresh this browser. Crazy on you. Do you like heart? It's uh, some uh, early uh, heart song there. But uh, let's see. Well, we'll see how that goes. But uh, anyway, uh, 603-250-6007, though, is the best way to join me today via the phone uh, here on the program. I do want to remind you, of course, that we are proudly sponsored by the Hopknot in the Brady Sullivan at 1000 Elm Street. Uh, don't go there today. Monday and Tuesday is their weekend, but uh, they are open Wednesday through Sunday. They've got those delicious gourmet pretzels. They have an assortment of craft beer. 
Uh, they have wine. They have board games. Uh, they've got all kinds of stuff. They have trivia night every Thursday night hosted by the great Bill Cini. Uh, very popular uh, feature there. Wednesday nights is, tri- is uh, Wednesday nights is industry night. Thursdays is trivia. Friday nights they have live music. And let's see who is on the schedule for this coming Friday. Uh, Ali and Nick Fanouf. Am I saying that correctly? I think it's one of these uh, French names. P H A N E U F. Fanouf. 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 I apologize, Ali and uh, Nick. I think that's how you say it. But that who is is uh, who is playing this Friday night at the Hopknot, our amazing sponsor. I think the uh, wow, yeah, Facebook is really being a bear. I almost said a different word that starts with B, but I can't do that here on the uh, on WMNH. So I'll call it a bear. All right, I just restarted it. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. But, uh, yeah, so we're very honored and proud, as always, to have the Hopknot as an amazing sponsor here uh, for uh, the program and for the station. Wow. This is really being difficult. All right, well, we will make the best of it. It is a radio show, after all. I realize all of you uh, in your cars uh, during your afternoon commute uh, are unconcerned with what's going on with our Facebook feed. So, so anyway... Oh, uh, Abigail Jem joins us in the uh, Facebook and says it's pronounced Fanuf, I believe. Fanuf? That's disappointing. I, I mean, I appreciate that, uh, Abigail, but I'll tell you, it, I think it's more fun to say Fanuf. Uh, I think if my name were Fanuf, I'd, uh, I would uh, insist everyone pronounce it Fanuf. But, you know, I'm not terribly picky when it comes to the pronunciation of last names, and I'll tell you why. So in my case, you know, my last name is Connerton. But in high school, my nickname uh, amongst my friends uh, became Connarton. And the reason for that is, and obviously it's not pronounced Connarton, it's pronounced Connerton. But uh, what would happen is, inevitably, first day of school every year, you know, you go to the different classes, new teachers learning my name for the first time. They're looking at the uh, the call sheet, for lack of a better, uh, I don't know what you call it, the roster, the class roster. And they'd get to my name and they'd say, Matthew Kennarton, and, uh, you know, they would all do that. So that kind of just became my nickname. My friends got used to, uh, oh, Abigail says more like Funuff, I guess. Funuff. Wow. Well, that's, uh, Um, so, uh, yeah, so that just became my nickname in high school. A lot of my friends called me Kennarton. And I got so used to hearing it said that way that for years afterward, I wouldn't even correct people if someone pronounced my last name Canartin. It, it just began to uh, sound so natural to me. But uh, which is strange because the first syllable ends in two consonants, C O N N. So usually, if you have a name or any word where you've got a syllable that ends in two consonants uh, of the same letter, a double N, you should know that that's where the emphasis goes. So that it would be Connerton. You would put the emphasis on the C-O-N-N because it's a double N. Yet for some reason, these educators, I'll tell you, uh, uh, maybe people are right to be skeptical of public school. I don't know. Uh, they they just, they would get it wrong. They would get it wrong. But uh, they would put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Dirk Don is in the Facebook live chat and says, everyone knows it's Covington. 
And Eric Pilcher says, I thought it was Connington. Yeah. Well, you know, there's another guy. Uh, we won't be uh, we won't be mentioning, uh, you know, we'll we'll only refer to this person uh, vaguely going forward. But yeah, it's true. There's uh, there's a guy out there who sometimes he says Covington or Covington or Connington or uh, Calmington. Calmington is nice because I am a hypnotherapist. So, you know, calm, Calmington. I was thinking about changing my last name to that, actually. So, but uh, I've told the story on the show, more of an anecdote, really, I suppose. But the first time I was ever in the Hippo Press, a local publication here in Manchester, this was years and years ago. The first time I was ever in there, um, you know, it had to do with, uh, you know, I, I used to play in a lot of bands and, and promote a lot of, uh, live events, uh, in the area. And, uh, the first time I was ever in there, they spelled it Matt Cornington. And I must tell you, I was displeased, but, uh, but they did get it right the next time I was in there. So <laughs> Eric says, is this feed going to stay on LOL? Yes. We have a lot of folks, uh, who join us via the Facebook from other parts of the country. Eric, of course, is in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, uh, and host of the uh, Classic Film Review every Friday on the show. But so far, so good. Of all the Facebook feeds, because I've had to restart Facebook several times uh, since we've been on the air today, this one seems to be the most stable so far. This one seems to be holding up. So I think we're good. I think we're good. No, part of why I mentioned, by the way, the cyber attack uh, reference, and I wasn't uh, serious about it, but... I was just watching, uh, actually, right before the show, uh, there's a YouTuber some of you might be familiar with, uh, Bo of the Fifth Column, and he uh, posts some pretty interesting videos, and I don't necessarily agree with him on everything ideologically, but I think he's, um, I think he's very interesting as a journalist, and he, he posts some, some pretty interesting things uh, related to politics and current events, and, and of course, he's been posting a lot about the current situation uh, with uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And he had uh, just posted a video today about, you know, the possibility of cyber attacks um, and some of the things that we can do to prepare. Actually, I've been reading about this, too, separate from the video that he posted about, you know, um, something I would suggest to everyone. And you should do this anyway on a somewhat consistent basis. But uh, change your passwords. Seriously, change your passwords for absolutely everything in case uh, there is a hacking underway. Um, and again, that's something you should do anyway, but, you know, people get lazy about it. People get lax about it. But uh, definitely change the, those uh, those passwords. But, um, you know, but also there could be, there could be larger uh, cyber attacks coming. You know, uh, we're doing a lot of things. NATO is making some moves uh, without directly engaging the Russians. But... Uh, Militarily, of course, but, you know, we're, we continue to do things that are not making Mr. Putin very happy, I'm sure. And uh, there could be some major cyber attacks coming. You know, the, the thing that people worry about the most with this, of course, is a taking down of our or, you know, just a, even if it's only a temporary interruption, but uh, our power grid here in the United States, which does need to be modernized and uh, and secured. But um you know, that's a worry, but, but there's also, uh, you know, social networks could be taken down. And, and again, you know, something like Facebook, which might just, you know, remember, I mean, people were losing their minds that day that, and apparently it was not the result of a cyber attack, but that day, several months ago, where we had an outage for about a day, people could not use Facebook. And it's in those moments 
that you realize just how much we are reliant on these means of communication, um, not only for uh, to speak with people and interact with people personally, but professionally as well. And in business, you know, businesses uh, uh, use uh, use Facebook. I, I use uh, social media, you know, if, if you're in any kind of media or content creation, I, I use it to, uh, as those of you in the Facebook live chat know, I use it for this program to promote the show and to uh, stream the show on uh, on social media. So um, that is an example of something that they would target uh, if they were to or are perhaps in the process of launching a cyber attack. You know, and I always talk about, if you're a regular listener, you've heard me mention it, you know, 20 years ago I was reading books about how uh, this would be the future of warfare and I remember uh, talking to a friend about it who laughed at me when I said, yeah, you know, in the future, uh, there's a component of war that will actually be fought on the Internet. And she thought that was very silly, but it's actually uh, absolutely true. Um, it's too bad that all war isn't fought on the Internet because uh, then what was happening in Ukraine wouldn't be happening right now. But um, but uh, but there you are. But how did I get onto that? Oh yeah, so my name. So yes, um, but uh, yeah, somebody uh, somebody tried to cause me some some trouble today, but uh, they were unsuccessful in doing so. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> anyway, six zero three two five zero six zero seven is the number. If you know, you know six zero three. Two five zero six zero seven. What's this? Charles Richardson in the chat room uh, posted a variation of my name. Uh, I have not heard this one. Corn corn dog it corn corn dogaton I don't even like corn dogs. I would be horrified if that if that was my name. If my name had uh, corn dog in it, I would change it. I absolutely would. I would change it. Uh, Hammer from RageRockRadio.com, which uh, a website that unfortunately is no longer around, but Hammer's the one who gave me my first gig ever hosting a podcast back before, way back in the day, before we even used the word podcast. Um, he had a he had a way of uh, pronouncing my name that was uh, both hilarious and uh, unrepeatable on FM radio. <laughs> It involved a certain word for the first syllable, but it, it was just, and the way he would say it too was hilarious. But uh, alas, I cannot repeat it here because if I repeat it here, I will not be back tomorrow. But, uh, but it was, it was funny. I'll let your imagination uh, figure out uh, what it was. Dirk Don does not like corn dogs either, but uh, yeah. So we'll get into, of course, uh, some Russia uh, and Ukraine. I've been consumed with it. But uh, first, we will, of course, say hello to everybody in the Facebook live chat. Uh, Abigail Jem, I did mention, is in the chat. Hello. Uh, Jenny is in the chat and says, Shalom. Uh, Jenny was, I, I, I didn't know if you'd be up in, in time for the show. Uh, she was uh, resting uh, earlier. Uh, we had an appointment today. But um, Eric Pilcher, I mentioned, is in the chat. Eric, of course, host of uh, Eric Pilcher's Classic Film Review. And He's got his new website, pilcherspoint.com. Check it out. All the film reviews, by the way, are archived there, as well as uh, some other articles uh, that he's writing. So um, something went up just today, in fact, I believe, that I haven't had a chance to read yet, but I am going to uh, to read it after the show. Uh, not only are Eric's uh, film reviews excellent, but uh, but he's a very good writer. So uh, And award-winning, apparently. Uh, Dirk Don, I mentioned, is in the chat. Dirk, also from Iowa. 
And uh, he's got a couple of great YouTube channels I highly recommend. He's got Arrogant Media, and he's got the newer Java Fog YouTube channel. Uh, great stuff. Please subscribe to those if you haven't done so already. You'll be glad that you did. A lot of really great content. Eric Street is in the chat. Uh, Eric says, I've had friends call me only by my last name and never the first. Well, Street's kind of a, I can, uh, you've got a cool last name, Street. Street's just a cool last name. I could see people being like, hey, Street, you know, whereas there's a million Eric's, but how many Streets are, I mean, there's a million Streets, but you know what I mean. There's, uh, in terms of a proper noun, well, actually, I guess there's a million Streets of a proper noun because Street is part of the name of the Street, like Elm Street. You know what I mean. Uh, let's see. Uh, Abigail Jem says, I got called Abigail Jemmy or Gemmy every year on the first day of school. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. Now that I'm thinking about it, if I remember correctly, uh, Abigail, the first time I ever saw you in our Facebook live chat, I wasn't sure how to say your name. And I think it was our friend Texas Mike was here that day because you were uh, you, you you were his teacher in school. So uh, he was like, oh, that's Miss Jem. And that's that's how I knew how to say it. Crystal joins us in the chat and says, my name always gets butchered, LOL. Yes, and that's why we don't... Uh, uh, Crystal, if, if you've ever noticed, when Crystal's in the chat room, I never say her last name. I used to, and I'd stumble on it. And then uh, Crystal uh, very graciously messaged me on Facebook one day and said, you know, you don't have to bother with my last name in the Facebook live chat. So I said, okay. So, so now I just say Crystal. But when I just say Crystal, you know who I mean. Um, let's see. Dirk uh, says, I'm going to call you Cornington from now on. <laughs> oh, Crystal says, Matt says it right though. Oh, I did. Oh, well then I needn't, uh, I didn't needn't have been so anxious about it. I guess, uh, Mike Palapita joins us in the chat and says, good afternoon, everyone. Mike, of course, from another one of our great sponsors here at WMNH 95.3, Queen City Cabinetry in the historic Sunbeam Mall, of course, named for the vaunted General Sunbeam, the greatest military mind since sliced bread. And boy, could we use General Sunbeam today. But uh, but in fact, he is buried. I, uh, I believe he's actually buried uh, under the uh, Sunbeam Mall. He's uh, in the cement or something. And there's a thing on the floor in the basement there. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's true. Mike uh, can uh, feel free to confirm or deny that. Um, Rocky Uber joins us and says, Happy Monday. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Thank you, Rocky. Uh, Charles Richardson joins us in the Facebook live chat. Charles, of course, from the great state of Florida and host of the Charles Richardson Show, which is typically online every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7 to 9 p.m. And, of course, Jenny is a co-host on that show. Uh, I would dare say the primary co-host of Charles on that program. Uh, but uh, Charles says, by the way, no show tonight. Need a Monday off. Well, very good. Very good. Uh, Jenny Jenny probably would probably be, uh, appreciates that anyway. <laughs> she's, she's at home resting. So, yep, she uh, says in the chat, I am awake, but still a bit off. You will be happy to know I can walk because uh, life with me is never boring. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> Rocky, um, yes. Uh, the answer to your question in the chat room is, uh, yes, but it was that word. He's asking about, uh, my friend Hammer from Rage Rock Radio, how he used to say his name. It was that word 
Intan. Blank Intan is how he used to say my name. <laughs> uh, Rocky says, I get called Rocky because, yeah, my real name is usually a nickname, LOL. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, Mike Palapita concerns, uh, confirms, yes, uh, a General Sunbeam is, in fact, buried in the basement. Uh, the grave marker is in the shape of a piece of sliced bread. That is excellent. That is excellent. And I, da- I, I dare say very fitting, very appropriate uh, for uh, General Sunbeam. Uh, God bless General Sunbeam. I'm not even religious, but I'm going to say this. God bless General Sunbeam. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the number, 603-250-6007. Um, so, as I said, I've been pretty much uh, consumed with uh, Russia and the invasion of Ukraine. And um, there's a number of, of course, you know, this is the big, 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 big story. But there are a number of smaller stories within the big, 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 big story that we can uh, explore today. Just a, a few broad concepts about this that have been on my mind. We'll, we'll start there, and then we'll see where you guys want to go with your calls and Facebook comments. And, of course, you can tweet me at Matt Connerton or email me, Matt at MattConnerton.com. But um, something that I, I, I've been seeing that I think is pretty interesting, and there may be a silver lining to this, And it's not going to sound like there's a silver lining to it when I first say it, but hear me out, you know, unless this is uh, something uh, specifically, a specific detail that you've already considered. But one of the things that we're hearing reported is that somewhere between 95 to 100% of Russian military forces, probably closer to 95, I find it hard to believe it's 100%, but close to 95% of Russian military is now in Ukraine. Now, that sounds terrible in the sense that, wow, if it's that much of the Russian military, uh, clearly they are bearing down on on Kiev and uh, the other cities there that they're trying to take. Um, although I guess the convoy coming in from the north continues to be stalled and whatnot, but that's a lot of military. So, that would indicate that they're continuing to ramp up. They're going to keep up the shelling and all of that. And it is awful. Um, The one silver lining though, in that is think about this. If they've got 95% of the Russian military now actively participating in this invasion, when you think about what we believe to know about Putin's original intentions and original, uh, uh, you know, prospect of how this was going to go. Uh, This is very bad for Putin because obviously he never intended, we assume, he never intended to have 95% or more of his military uh, directly involved in this invasion. Now, again, I, I speak in terms of what we believe Putin may have been thinking, what we suspect his intentions might have been, etc. You have to think of it all that way because no one actually knows. No one knows 
what's really on Putin's mind. No one knows what his intentions were, what he was expecting going in. We can only speculate. And some of the speculation and some of the, th- the theories, I think, are pretty sound. But we can't know for sure. Just like we don't know for sure what his long-term intentions are. We don't know. Does he plan to stop with Ukraine? Does he plan to go further than Ukraine? Does he plan to invade Moldova? Does he plan to ultimately try to go to war with NATO or, or do something provocative that may lead to war? There's so much we don't know. Has he lost his mind? Is he perfectly sane? Is it somewhere in between? Is he, uh, is he getting very, very bad advice that he's acting on? How isolated is he? There is so much we don't know and we can only speculate on. But, Again, educated guesses and speculation suggest that he thought this was going to be easy. He thought, I keep hearing three days, three days it was going to take to get this done, take Ukraine, invade Ukraine, and that's it. Going to roll in, roll the tanks in, overcome the Ukrainian military, A lot of them will surrender anyway. The people will surrender, will be greeted as liberators, uh, to borrow a phrase from our own history, (laughs) where a a series of uh, military miscalculations were made and an underestimation of the local population, et cetera, right? Nice to know we're not the only ones that happens to, at least, I guess. But three days, roll in, take the country, should be easy, just like Crimea on the peninsula of Ukraine, right? That was easy. That was a few days, wasn't it? Was that even a few days or was that done in a day? Again, it's a peninsula. It's easier strategically. I get it. But allegedly, this is what Putin thought. This was all going to be so simple. That's why he didn't go in as heavy as he probably, in hindsight, wishes he had. Because he didn't go in that heavy to begin with. How many troops were... Was it 150,000 that were lined up on the border before they they started to roll in? Now you got a 40-mile convoy that keeps getting stuck. So the fact that he thought, and there's other little details here connected to this that are encouraging just in terms of rooting for the failure of Putin in this uh, misadventure. The fact that he thought it was going to be so easy, and now he's sitting here with 95% of his military trying to get this done. Think about it in these terms. This is kind of stunning if you really think about it from the perspective of, suppose the United States, suppose we were in a situation militarily in a conflict with another country, we're trying to invade somebody. Suppose... Well, here, let's just look to recent history. Suppose we were invading Afghanistan, or suppose we were invading Iraq. And suppose you looked at the news one night, and you heard someone saying that this was going much worse than expected, proving to be more of a challenge than expected, and we now have 95% of the United States military involved in this one thing, in this one invasion of this one country. Imagine that. Now, look, it's not apples to apples. I get it. There's many differences, you know, in size and scale 
for one thing. I mean, we have a much larger military. We're a much larger country with a much larger military budget. I understand all that. So it's not a perfect uh, comparison. But just think about that, though. Imagine. Imagine. Well, here it's not that hard to imagine because there are some similarities to uh, what really happened in this hypothetical I, I present to you. But, but imagine you're told, you're led to believe by your leaders, oh, we're going to do this. It's going to be easy, quick and easy. We'll be greeted as liberators. They'll be throwing flowers at us. They'll be glad to see us. They're going to hand the country over. It's going to be great. And then it doesn't seem to be going as smoothly as planned, and you start to have some questions, and you start to have some doubts, and then you turn on the TV one night, and this is the part where it's not real life. It's a hypothetical, but you turn on the TV one night. Oh, 95% of the United States Armed Forces are now involved in this one operation. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about axonics therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control. It gave me my life back. Axonics therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about, and it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. At that point, you might go, wow, we're really getting desperate here with this, aren't we? So the point I'm making is that's an encouraging sign in terms of the failure of Putin. You know, if he's got 95% of the military in there trying to do this one thing, invade this one country, and I don't mean to speak about it like it's a simple thing, like it's an easy thing. Obviously, it's a massive, you know, I assume invading another country of any size is a massive undertaking for any military. But... um and then, so knowing that, or at least that's what they they estimate, that's what American intelligence says, 95%, to somewhere between that and 100%. And then there's these stories, these stories of very poor morale among the Russian troops for a number of reasons. Starvation, famine <laughs> being one, right? They, you know, they, they didn't have enough, uh, these troops don't have enough supplies. People are getting frustrated. People are getting hangry, you know, which is hungry and angry. I get hangry, and I'm not even uh, stuck in a 40-mile-long convoy in the mud. Um, but, uh, you know, morale is poor. Um, these uh, uh, these members of the Russian military, the, the, the ones that are, are conscripts, for example, 
they didn't know what they were being sent there to do. It sounds like there's, you know, a lot of word coming out that a lot of them, you know, they thought that, uh, well, like the one that was texting his mom and said, hey, you know, they told us we were going on military exercises. And it turns out we're here to kill these people and take their country. Um, morale is very poor. They know they're on a failing mission. And that will only grow. Um, there, there has been a suggestion that uh, Putin may have lost control of this whole thing in ways that most people probably haven't even considered. For example, you've got all these tanks, you've got this 40-mile-long convoy of tanks, right? Part of the reason it keeps getting stalled is not only have they been running out of food, I'm sorry, running out of fuel and running out of food, but uh, they're getting stuck in the mud. Um, part of what was so concerning to U.S. intelligence in terms of looking at what the Russians might be planning, you know, when Putin was saying, well, no, we have no plans to invade. Lavrov was saying we have no plans to invade. And people are like, well, kind of looks like you might be lying. Um, there was a certain confidence that if they were going to begin to invade, they had to do it by a certain date. They had to do it while it was still winter. And the reason being is if it's still winter and you've still got frozen ground, you can roll those tanks. You can roll those tanks right into Ukraine. And again, they thought it was going to be quick. But if it's you start getting into spring, the ground thaws, and then you've got mud. And those tanks, you know, they're not like uh, you know, they're not like these four by four trucks. They're not made for mud. I think mudding is uh, more of an American, uh, you know, in the South they do that or something. I don't know. Whatever that, I think I've seen. I don't mean to sound like a Northeastern uh, elitist. I just, I don't. But anyway, these tanks aren't made for that. So they're getting stuck in the mud, literally stuck in the mud. See, because again, Putin thought this would be quick. He wasn't expecting the spring thaw and having to deal with that. He thought this would have been over in a few days. So... It's it's bad for uh, for for Russia. It's bad for Putin. Um, I mean this this whole thing is an unmitigated disaster. You know, we were talking about this. If you missed it, uh, Friday's show, John Hopwood was here, and I always learned so much from him. And you know, he was a Sovietologist in the military, and he knows a lot. He knows more about this than anybody I know that, that I have access to. And um, we were talking about how. I'd been listening to an interview with retired General Barry McCaffrey, who is just stunned, absolutely stunned at how badly botched this is for, for Putin. And he said in the interview, he says, Putin just bought himself a decade stuck in Ukraine. This might Ukraine might end up being worse for Russia than Afghanistan was for the former Soviet Union. History may be repeating itself. Very different in some ways, different terrain, certainly. In Afghanistan, you've got you know, hills, you've got mountains, you've got caves. Very rough terrain. Uh, Ukraine, uh, from what I understand, is much more flat. 
But you've got these large urban centers like Kiev, and that's going to mean urban warfare. And we've seen how another way that Putin has miscalculated is he apparently did not expect the will of the Ukrainian people. He did not expect them to fight for their country. And that is going to be particularly problematic for the Russians as they invade larger and larger cities within the country. The smaller ones, obviously, the smaller the city, the easier it is to take and get control. But when they get into Kiev, now you're talking about urban warfare, which is the worst kind. Nobody wants to have to engage in urban warfare. That's a nightmare for any military strategist anybody will tell you. And it's not going to be easy. And like I said, McCaffrey said, Putin has just bought himself a decade mired in this because here's the problem. And this is how he, actually, I think it was somebody else who said this part, but he said, look, well, actually, I've heard this repeated by a number of people. Taking a country is one thing. Holding the country is another. There is every reason to believe that the Russians are going to take Ukraine. It's just a matter of time. And the amount of time that it seems like it's going to take them keeps getting longer and longer because, God bless them, the Ukrainians are putting up a hell of a fight. You know, and they're getting some help in terms of weapons. And, you know, we'll we'll talk about more help that might be coming. But so that, that amount of time keeps getting longer and longer. But the, the expectation is especially, I mean, they've got almost 100 percent of the Russian military in there now. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's going to be a long, hard slog. But eventually Russia will take Ukraine. But then how do they hold it? And does it really matter that you've taken a country when you're having to fight every single day? Again, these urban warfare battles when every single day in the streets of Ukraine, when you've got you've got Russian troops running around in the street of, of Kiev, you've got Russian troops running around in the street and in these buildings with windows. You've got Ukrainians with guns shooting at them. And Putin, think about this. And of course, you know, obviously I don't have any sympathy for the guy. But think about this. So one of the theories, and again, we don't know for sure what's in his head. But one of the... Uh, prevalent theories is that, you know, this is part of, um, he's thinking about how he's going to be remembered in history. That's very important to Putin. That's why he was willing to take the hit on the economy. He knew going into this, no matter what happens, no matter how well, how poorly it goes, no matter how quick, how slow, there was going to be damage to the Russian economy. He knew that there were going to be more sanctions. I don't think he foresaw how much damage was coming? Because <laughs> it's it's I, the ruble is almost worthless now. It's incredible. It's incredible the things that have happened, and the way the world has really come together to put pressure on him. But think about this: he wanted to go down in history as the guy who reconstituted, in some form or fashion, 
the Soviet Union, returning Mother Russia to its glory days and restoring, because, you know, he's talked about in interviews over the years, he's talked about how, um, you know, he thought the greatest injustice of our times was the fall of the Soviet Union, the dismantling of the Soviet Union, and how it never should have happened, it never should have been allowed to happen, and all the mistakes that were made, and what he would have done differently, and, you know, this has been an obsession of his. So, the economy be damned, you know, even if these oligarchs have to take a hit, whatever. He was, this is what ambassador, former ambassador Michael McFall kept saying. You know, when everybody was saying, well, he's not going to invade. And, and again, this was the consensus, the general consensus on this program among myself and others who appear on the show, like John Hopwood. You know, he's not going to invade. It'll be so economically disastrous for him. But what former ambassador Michael McFall, who knows Putin well enough that he's been right. He's been right so far. He said, it doesn't matter because that's not Putin's motivation. Putin isn't worried about the money. Putin is, a, nobody really knows how much money Vladimir Putin has, but he's, he's a billionaire at least. McFall said, he's not worried about the money. He doesn't care about the Russian people. He doesn't care if they're struggling. He doesn't care about any of it. He doesn't even care about the oligarchs. Really. He only cares about himself. He's, he's good with his money. He's good. But he's worried about how he goes down in history. And he doesn't want to go down in history as being a guy who just presided for a couple of decades over a failing petrol state. He wants to go down in history as a guy who did something great and who reconstituted in some form or fashion the Soviet Union. That's what he wants. That will be his glory. But look at what's happened. The invasion is going horribly. He's now, you know, we used to hear this word quagmire, again, to borrow a term from a, a recent American history. Even if, my God, with, with what's already happened up to now, even if he somehow, by some miracle, by the end of this week, managed to gain control of Ukraine, what will he have gained control of? Because this invasion is going so badly, he'll have gained control of a pile of rubble. See, you know, through the rose-colored glasses that I suppose he was wearing when he made these decisions. <laughs> I suppose it would have made sense if you think it's going to go well, you go in, you got to tangle with the Ukrainian military, you overcome that, you take over, boom. And then whatever he had in mind after that, I don't know. I don't know if his plan was he's just going to annex the country and call it now a part of Russia and Russia's just bigger now. Or if he was going to allow Ukraine to retain some sort of sovereignty, at least on paper, but install a puppet government and have it be a, a permanent client state of Russia, something like that? I don't know. But because he decided to do this and because it's gone so badly for him, what he's going to end up with, think about this. Vladimir Putin right now 
is fighting to get control over something that will be worthless and actually a huge burden to him by the time he's done getting control of it because he has to destroy Ukraine in order to control it. These cities are being destroyed. I mean, and, you know, they're blowing up apartment buildings. They're killing civilians. They don't care. They're doing whatever they feel they have to do to get this done, which means basically, I mean, look, any invasion, even if it goes well, you know, some stuff's going to get broken, right? But this is going so badly, they're just leveling. These cities are going to be leveled by the time they're done. Imagine what they're going to look like in a few years, because yes, this is going to go on for years. Vladimir Putin is going to spend the rest of his life. This is how he's going to be remembered in history. See, this is the thing. He wanted to be remembered in history as the guy who put the Soviet Union back together and it was this great triumph and this great success. Instead, he's going to be remembered in history as the guy who got, who got his country bogged down in Ukraine while simultaneously wrecking his own country in the process because he's physically wrecking Ukraine with war while he economically has already wrecked his own country. This is stunning, too, what has happened economically to Russia. When, when we were told about, you know, okay, so they've done this, Putin has gone ahead, we're going to enable these new sanctions, they're going to be very tough, we're going to sanction Putin himself, we're going to do this, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. We were told every step of the way, we were reminded that, look, as far as sanctions go and having an effect on the Russian economy, it's going to take time. We're going to have to be very patient. This isn't something where you just, you do this, you put this in place, you damage the economy, and then Vladimir Putin says, oops, okay, I don't like this, uh, never mind. That's not going to happen. This is going to take months, probably six months, maybe a year before we see actual tangible damage to the Russian economy enough that might make Putin think twice. So we're in this for the long haul with the sanctions, and we're going to have to be very, very patient. That's what we were told. What happens instead? Because of, and by the way, not only our sanctions, but because so many companies, so many businesses, cutting ties... With Russia, you know, over the weekend, we had the credit card companies saying, nope, that's it, we're done. Because of everything that's been done so swiftly and very strongly, what we were told would take at least six months to happen, days. It took about five days for Vladimir Putin to take the Russian economy and flush it down the toilet. It took him five days. Now, there's still damage to be done. But look, the Russian economy wasn't great to begin with. And it's not like the Russian economy isn't like the United States economy. One of the things that we learned with the pandemic, and you know, if you go back to the 15 days to slow the spread where everything ground to a halt, one of the things that we learned is the United States economy has a surprising level of elasticity to it. And it, it did bounce back much quicker than anyone thought. We were told back then 
most economists were saying, geez, you know, this is going to be probably worse than the Great Recession and maybe even worse than the Great Depression. Because doing this, this shock to the economy, yeah, maybe we have to do it, but it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. And instead, look look what's happened. I mean, I know inflation is out of control, but inflation is actually because of the economy expanding so quickly. That's a big factor, that and the supply chain issues and so forth. But a lot of that has to do with you have an overheated economy. The economy is actually growing too rapidly, and the, the uh, Fed, through monetary policy, hasn't been able to control that. But... Our economy was able to snap back. The Russian economy, much, much smaller, and it's a petrol state. It does not have the dynamism of the United States economy or most world economies. And it's very small. I think it's roughly the size of Texas economically. You know, California, the state of California has a larger economy than Russia does. So, So this is it for, I mean... Think about this. Decades spent since the fall of the Soviet Union, three decades and change of the Russians building an economy and integrating it with the rest of the world and figuring out how to make the most of their, you know, their, their, the oil, the, the one thing they have, really. Three decades of building flushed down the toilet in five days. This is how Putin is going to go down in history. He destroyed Ukraine to get control of it and destroyed his own country economically in the process. (laughs) There is not one single metric anyone can name that shows up on the positive side of the balance sheet for Vladimir Putin in any of this. And then you have to wonder, what does this mean about Putin himself? Again, another area where there's all this speculation. Nobody really knows. Has he lost his mind? Hopefully not. That's scary if he has, because Russia has the largest stockpile of nuclear weapons in the world. Let's assume he hasn't. Hopefully he has not. And even if he has, look, even if he's crazy, you know, you can be crazy and not necessarily be suicidal. You you know what I'm getting at with that, right? In other words, let's assume he is crazy. That doesn't mean he's definitely going to use nuclear weapons just because he's crazy. You can be crazy... And, and still have some sense of self-preservation. Because, you know, he's going to be as dead as the rest of us if that happens, right? You know, you can, you can have, you know, narcissistic personality disorder and megalomania and whatever else, but still not want to necessarily destroy yourself in the process, right? So, but we don't know. We don't know. Is there something cognitively wrong with him? Is he maybe just not like he once was? Macron, Emmanuel Macron of France, has said that Putin seemed different to him when they've talked recently. Like something had changed. Something had changed. But there's also theories that no, Putin is who he's always been and that this is part of a long-term plan 
Some think that he's been planning this for the past 22 years, you know, the, the entire uh, time he's been in office. So we just don't know. But the fact that 95% of his military is now involved in this invasion, again, it's horrifying in the sense that all that force, all that artillery, all the shelling, all of it is being brought down to bear on Ukraine. That is horrendous. It's horrifying. But one silver lining, that's a lot of resources that he's burning up. You know? And those tanks are getting stuck in the mud. And there's a lot more dead Russian soldiers than Putin was expecting, I'm sure. And again, at the end of it, even if he ever does get full control of the country, what's he going to have? What is he going to have? Uh, 603-250-6007 is a number if you have any thoughts on any of this. 603-250-6007. You can text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton. Or send an email to matt at mattconnerton.com. And, of course, you can opine and interact in the Facebook live chat. A lot of great comments in there. We'll uh, catch up with those. But the best thing to do, give us a call at 603 Two five zero six zero zero seven. Let's see. Looking at the uh, Facebook live chat. Um, scrolling down here, I miss. Oh, here we go. Um, Charles Richardson says morale and the street signs are poor. We need to draft uh, someone we don't talk about anymore <laughs> to to. Uh, uh, we'll call him uh, uh, New Jersey Jose. Uh, <laughs> I like the sound of that, actually. We need to draft New Jersey Jose to drive the Russians out. They will lose to a, quote, real New Yorker. <laughs> um, I like that idea. We'll, we, we could send him there. Uh, Crystal says, Putin came over as an evil villain when he attacked Ukraine, and even more so when they attacked the nuclear power plant. By the way, I'm glad you brought that up, Crystal, because I, I so when the news broke about the attack on the power plant, the largest nuclear power plant in Ukraine, that made me wonder about Putin's mental state, because that is such an insane thing to do. That made me go, uh-oh, maybe he is crazy, because that is crazy. I mean, something that reckless and irresponsible— if something had gone wrong there, if uh, and I don't know the mechanics well enough to know exactly, you know, but if you're old enough to remember 1986, you remember the Chernobyl disaster, um, and they got that too. They they got uh, Chernobyl, um, which I guess, you know, they can crack that open and release radiation. But something very severe, a terrible accident, could have happened at the power plant that they. Uh, that they attacked and I, from what I've been reading, it's not even an overstatement or hyperbolic to say this. If there had been a meltdown at that power plant, they could have contaminated, literally contaminated the entire continent of Europe with the fallout, you know, the wind it's, it, it spreads the radiation around. Um, And again, that is something that, you know, you go, okay, well, even if Putin's crazy, that doesn't mean he's suicidal. He's So he's not going to use nukes. But 
he was willing to send them in to attack a nuclear power plant? Like, they didn't just show up. It's not like a SWAT team where they showed up and surrounded the perimeter of the power plant. And then when, you know, somebody punched out to go to his lunch break or something, they're there with guns saying, hey, you uh, you let us in and we're going to take over. It wasn't like that. They literally were attacking the place. They were shelling the nuclear power plant. That is insane. And that made me go, okay, there may be more of a chance that Putin has actually lost his mind than I thought there was. Because that is very, very frightening. Um, Jenny shared this. Uh, this is from express.co.uk. Uh, uh, Russian tanks stuck in mud for hours, an example of poor planning, says Western officials. Oh, yeah. See, I love I love stories like this. Any kind of a story like this is is fun. And maybe fun isn't the right word because obviously we're in the midst of a terrible uh, humanitarian tragedy here. But but we have to find the silver linings where we can. And an example of a silver lining to me is when you watch evil happening and you watch evil so spectacularly fumble and fall right on its face and fail. And this to me is an example of evil falling on its face and failing when stuff like this happens. Um, more than a dozen, uh, let's see. Oh, sorry. Let me scroll up here. Russian tanks stuck in the mud for hours are an example of poor planning and poor execution, claimed Western officials as troops continue to move closer to Kiev. Uh, more than a dozen photos and videos have been published on social media of modern Russian combat vehicles which have been hit by the Ukrainian military or simply stuck in the mud. The most modern Russian tank also did not escape the fate and got caught in the Ukrainian soil and mud. The just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. For me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Hi, I'm Frank. I don't like change. And I just saw a billboard for this new BJ's Wholesale Club talking about up to 25% off grocery store prices. Oh, really? What's wrong with paying full price, huh? No, sir. I would not join BJ's Wholesale Club. Let's agree to disagree, Frank. Say you do want to sign up to get a $40 digital BJ's gift card. Join the new BJ's Wholesale Club, opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com slash New Albany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. That's awesome. In an intelligence update on Thursday morning, the UK Ministry of Defense said the Russian tanks had made, quote, little discernible progress in over three days, unquote, and remained more than 30 kilometers from Kiev. Images circulating online show Russian tanks and missile systems defeated by the country's muddy terrain and abandoned by the troops. Love it. Other images appear to show the Russians placing trees under the vehicle's wheels to keep them out of the sludge. Once the snow begins to melt in spring, the fields in Ukraine become like a quagmire and travel 
on unpaved roads or across the country becomes very difficult. <laughs> See? Remember what I was saying earlier? Putin thought this was going to be quick and easy. He thought he had time to do this. He thought it's winter. The ground is still frozen. Roll the tanks in. Take the country within three days. Roll the tanks back out. No problem. No mud. No problem. Uh, Trent Talenko a former auditor for the U.S. Defense Contract Management Agency told The Telegraph that the wet and boggy weather experienced in spring and autumn makes cross-country movement extremely difficult. As well as the Rasputitsa, a Russian word referring to both the weather and road conditions at these times, bad tire maintenance, vehicle overcrowding, and lack of fuel have isolated most of this Russian army column from its rear Mr. Tolenko said. The Telegraph reported that Russian ground forces, quote, are not performing in the way they believed they would, how they previously have trained, or how they would pride themselves to be, unquote. A Western official told the publication that the, quote, enormously large traffic jam, that's a great way of putting it, uh, was partly the result of damaged or destroyed vehicles blocking the road, presenting Russia with, quote, a real problem passing logistics forward to enable that force to actually move at pace, unquote. They said, quote, the force has really not made any significant progress now for a number of days, unquote. Referring to the Russian army's wider reported setbacks in Ukraine, the official said, quote, if you're looking for the highlight example of poor planning and poor execution, that convoy sat where it is, is a really good example, unquote. By the way, as long as we're gloating, again, this, this is how Vladimir Putin will go down in history. The guy who thought he was going to go down in history as reconstituting the former Soviet Union and returning Mother Russia to its glory is going to go down in history as the jackass who got his tanks stuck in the mud. I... Maybe he'll... Maybe one of these days he'll... Uh... The, the, the shame and embarrassment will get to him and he'll uh, hang himself. Um, is that wrong to say that wishing someone would do that to themselves? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's wrong in the, in this case, is it? I don't think it is. I'm, I'm, I'm actually okay with it. My conscience is clear. Uh, yes. I hope uh, Putin hangs himself. Uh, according to the report, uh, Ukrainian counterattacks are reported to have pushed the front line further away from Kiev and towns to the West of the capital which have seen heavy fighting over the past few days. The Western officials said the Ukrainian troops have shown their ability, quote, to fight ferociously and exist for a long period of time in austere conditions, unquote. By the way, you know, when we're talking about the Ukrainians uh, fighting off the Russians and, and uh, you know, holding the, the cities and all of that, remember, too, the home team, you know, they've got the home field advantage here. They're able to, um, Charles mentioned street signs. You know, one of the things that they're doing in the cities, in Kiev and other cities, is they're actually changing the street signs around just to confuse the Russian troops so they don't 
know where they're going. Things like that. They will always have the advantage. That is what makes urban combat so damn difficult. They've got a home field advantage. The Russian troops, they don't know these streets. They don't know where Ukrainians could be hiding with guns, with Molotov cocktails ready to throw. They don't know. I mean, can you imagine how Putin must feel looking at pictures of his tanks getting stuck in the mud? Unreal. Um, Rocky Uber says, the one thing Afghanistan and Ukraine have in common is the spirit of the people. It's hard to defeat spirit. Well, that's true, Rocky, and that's that's um, a great point because that's that's an unknown. I've I've heard military strategists and planners say this. That's an unknown going into anything. Any situation like this where you're an invading force, you don't know what the, it's an intangible, what the will and the spirit of the people will be. That's why whenever you hear anyone say, you know, I think if we go in there, we'll be greeted as liberators. They'll be happy to see us. We're going to liberate them. We're going to give them freedom. Ah, uh, <laughs> it's it's very presumptuous to think that way. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. You may. You may be in a society, living under a regime, that isn't quite to your liking. May even be oppressive in some way. There might be things about it with which you're unhappy. But. You know what I think probably makes most people even unhappier is when a bunch of foreigners come in and take over and and occupy your country. I mean, look, if you're an American citizen and you really don't like the government or you really don't like how things are going here and you're just fed up with everything, I guarantee you, no matter how miserable you might be in America, You'd be a lot more miserable with the idea of Canada or Mexico coming in and taking over and just invading and occupying our country, wouldn't you? Not that either of those two countries are, uh, or I don't know, or if the Chinese were to come or whatever, I guess. The, the Chinese probably has a large enough army, but logistically it's difficult. We're on different continents. I just use Mexico and Canada as examples because it's the same continent. But uh, Although I don't know, I don't trust that... Uh, I don't trust that Justin Trudeau. I mean, he seems nice, but who knows what he could be. He could be secretly planning something that we don't know about. I remember, and I tell you, Trump noticed it too, the way he was looking at Melania that time. I don't trust that guy. Anyway, we are past the top of the hour. Let's take a quick break. We're going to play a little song. Uh, yes, uh, this song is, uh, I did, uh, choose my songs today about, uh, with, uh, someone specific in mind, but, uh, I'll leave it at that. If you know, you know, and even if you don't know, you might be able to figure it out if you're a regular listener and then <laughs> we will, uh, show some love to our amazing sponsors. And then we will be back with our number two numero dose of Matt Connerton unleashed. Don't go away.
everybody. Welcome back to our number two Numero Dose of Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, today is Monday, February 7, 2022. Uh, I do want to remind you, we are proudly sponsored by the Hopknot on Elm in the Brady Sullivan right across the street from us. In fact, uh, in the uh, same office, the same building, rather, where the post office is downtown here in Manchester, uh, if you're not familiar exactly. But uh, actually, there's a bunch of great stuff in that little plaza there. But uh, but we love the Hopknot. They've got the delicious gourmet pretzels. They have the craft beer. Uh, they've got Trivia Night every Thursday night, hosted by the great Bill Cini, who also does trivia on the morning show on Wednesdays. Uh, they've got live music Friday night. Wednesday nights is industry night. Uh, lots of great stuff going on there, and we're so honored and proud uh, to have them as a sponsor. Speaking of sponsors, by the way, here at WMNH 95.3, uh, we also have, of course, uh, Queen City Cabinetry and the historic Sunbeam Mall, uh, who have been a sponsor of the station for a long time. Uh, CGI Business Solutions, of course, the OG of WMNH sponsors. They've been here since the beginning, and uh, I have been uh, alerted <coughs> that we have a new sponsor here at WMNH 95.3, uh, Clemento's Pizzeria and Brew in Manchester. It's at 875 South Willow Street. And I did see earlier, by the way, uh, Kyle Clayton of The Morning Show had uh, posted a picture of a Clemento's pizza, and it looks really good. It looks really good. Uh, so I've been hearing about Clemento's for a while. Uh, they're open right now. They're open till 10 p.m. if you want to check them out. But, uh, yep, Clemento's Pizzeria and Brew right here in Manchester, New Hampshire, the newest sponsor here at WMNH 95.3. So uh, more food, more food sponsoring. I like that. My stomach likes that. As you know, it's my stomach's world, and you all just live in it. Or if you don't know, if you don't know, now you know, as the song says. But uh, that's very exciting. So, um Congratulations, of course, uh, to the morning show uh, who uh, who brought them on. And uh, that's great. That's great. Um, and speaking of the morning show also, and speaking of congratulations, uh, congratulations to the morning show with Peter White for the six-year anniversary. Uh, Jenny had mentioned it to me earlier that she thought she thought today was their six-year anniversary. And uh turns out it was true. Uh, in fact, uh, the Moose, Joel Elber, joined Peter White today on the morning show to celebrate the six-year anniversary. Uh, Moose was uh, Peter's original co-host on the show. And uh, if you didn't get a chance to hear it, of course, it is up at WMNHradio.org in the archive. Check it out. I'm going to go back and listen to the rest of it later. I didn't get to hear it live this morning. But, um, yeah, six years for the morning show here at WMNH. So, uh, so congratulations to Peter White and everybody associated with the show. And um, coming up on five years for me on April 4th, it will be my five-year anniversary here at WMNH 95.3 with this program. So, um, and I think it's uh, I think it's also been five years for uh, Granite State of Mind with Rob Dion as well. So lots of anniversaries. I think he may have just passed the five-year mark because I think he started before I did, I think. I think, but uh, yes. So lots of uh, lots of exciting things happening as we move into spring. I do love the warmer weather, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, I know who's not loving it, Vladimir Putin, as he watches his tanks getting stuck in the mud. But uh, now we'll come back to that. But 
Um, 603-250-6007 is the number if you'd like to chime in today. 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to Matt at mattconnerton.com. And, of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. But the best thing to do, of course, is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. I'll just remind you, too, if you're interested in hearing John Hopwood's perspective on uh, on some of this, he was here with me on Friday on the show. So if you missed it, you can always go back to the archive at wmnhradio.org or go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for that. Uh, John and I, I think, you know, the entire two hours we focused on the current situation uh, with Russia invading Ukraine. And uh, John, one of the smartest people I've ever met and uh, knows a lot about this. You know, he was a Sovietologist in the military and he he really knows his stuff. And it was great to hear his thoughts on it. But we have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hello? Is it the Phantom? Maybe it's New Jersey Jose. <laughs> or maybe it was Mr. Krabs. Damn you, Mr. Krabs. I'll tell you, that Mr. Krabs, you know, it's got the, the weird pinchers for hands and stuff. Do crabs have... I'm thinking of lobsters. What, what am I talking about? You know what? I don't eat seafood, and, and the reason I don't is it's very confusing to me. I don't know the difference between crabs and lobsters, apparently. But if you'd like to call... Not Mr. Krabs. If you'd like to call 603-250-6007, Some more comments in the uh, chat room, Facebook live chat. Uh, Crystal said, Putin is going down in history as one of the world's bad guys with the likes of Hitler, Stalin, Hussein, Bin Laden, etc. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and Putin's killed a lot of people uh, even before this. So he was already a, a pretty bad guy, but uh, yeah, he's he's absolutely going down in history as a mass murderer. Um, the slaughter of the Ukrainians, uh, the way they're targeting uh, civilians, uh, it's um, I think uh, a million and a half of refugees now. Refugees have left the country, crossing over into Poland. Who's doing it? Poland is. Uh, uh, shout out to Poland. They are doing a phenomenal job uh, taking in refugees and. Uh, they're also going to be helping with um, supplying planes and for the Ukrainians. They're they're doing a great job. So, um, no more Polish jokes for those of you who you know if if that's your thing. No more. Um, that was the thing when I was a kid. I don't know if anyone really does that anymore, especially in these politically correct times. And you shouldn't. You should not tell those jokes. I mean, I'm not personally offended by them, but you know. Yeah, I, I, I think we should celebrate the Polish. I mean that sincerely. I mean, I, you know, it's funny. It, normally, you know, do you even ever think about Poland, right? But right now, I mean, again, they've just, I, I feel like the whole world has stepped up in a lot of ways, but Poland is an example of, you know, a small country who really is trying to help here, and I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, Crystal says, part of Putin's problem is his own ego and thinking he deserves a legacy. He had no good legitimate reason to actually invade Ukraine. He invaded for the wrong reasons, and karma will kick his ass for all of history now. Well, yeah, and and two, you know, he's going to be dealing with this for the rest of his life. Because as I was saying 
earlier. Um, he's bogged down there. There's no, there's no just leaving. You know, you know the old saying: declare victory and leave. <laughs> you know, he does. That's not an option here. He's bogged down. It's like, like I said, retired General Barry McCaffrey says Putin just bought himself a decade mired in Ukraine, not controlling it, but just mired there. Putin is going to spend the rest of his life. This will be on his front burner every single day for the rest of his miserable life. He's almost 70 years old in a country where the average uh, life expectancy of a male, I believe, is 72. (laughs) Now, granted, you know, he's very rich, so he has access to the best medical care. He may live much longer. But regardless, the rest of his life, he's going to be spent mired in Ukraine and bearing the shame and embarrassment if he's capable of feeling those things that go with that. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hello? Oh boy. The Phantom is uh the Phantom is busy today, I'll tell you. You guys ever get calls from a Phantom? They're very quiet. They're very mysterious. You don't get to actually uh, hear their voice. So there's a couple different, uh, actually, can I see it here? Because one of the people it could be is too dumb to disguise their voice. Uh, oh, I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Probably Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs with the uh, lobster, uh, lobster hands. Well, they're not called hands if it's a lobster and it's on a crab, I'm sure. Like I said, I don't know anything about seafood. Uh, Jenny in the chat room says, I'm not buying anything Russian, no blood money products for me. Yeah, Jenny and I were talking about that earlier, how, you know, and we were discussing uh, specifically the potential oil embargo on oil uh, coming from Russia and the, uh, you know, kind of the cost-benefit analysis of that because... um, if we do that, the price of gas is likely to go up even higher, although there are different theories on how much it might go up. Goldman Sachs released an analysis that suggested that it's, um, it actually would be negligible because we only get about uh, between 1% and 3% of our oil uh, comes from Russia. And uh, the United States is a net exporter of oil. But, um, you know, and Jenny was saying, it's like if, if we continue to buy their oil, it's it's like it's blood money because we're supporting uh, Russia, Russia's economy. Uh, Tom Blanchard, yep, I mentioned this, uh, Polish Air Force guarantee planes, plane replacement by the U.S. Yeah, so apparently how that would work, if I understand it correctly, and that's what uh, Tom is referring to here in the uh, chat, is uh, what would happen is, uh, the uh, Poland's uh, government would be supplying planes to the Ukrainians because, you know, we're not going to put up a no-fly zone. And we can talk about that in a moment and why we absolutely must not do that. But we're not going to put up a, knife, a no-fly zone. So what has been expressed by Zelensky and others on Ukraine's behalf is the next best thing would be, you know, at least give us the tools to defend our own airspace. And if you're not going to do that, then, you know, then there's no hope for us is what they're saying, basically. So there is talk of, and there's a couple of different options that have been discussed, but 
Um, what sounds like it's probably going to happen, I think it's already in motion, is that Poland will supply the planes, and then the United States will backfill Poland's supply of, of planes, and then um, that will help the Ukrainians. Now, I am... It sounds like a good idea, but uh, there's a possibly a better idea that's been suggested, and I can't remember who it was. It wasn't uh, maybe maybe it was retired General Barry McCaffrey. It was one of the retired generals who goes and they make the rounds on cable news. A better idea would be armed drones that have actually been shown to be very effective in, in these instances, partly because it's very easy to learn. Compared to flying an uh, flying an airplane, it's much easier to learn how to um, how to fly one of these drones, these um, armed drones that can you know take out a a Russian plane if need be, um, if used correctly. And uh, both in terms of supply and training, it will be uh, much easier to do that. So that that might be a better option. Um, but what makes me a little bit nervous too about the planes is I'm, I'm a little concerned. It brings up a question. It brings up a, a broad question in all of this. How far, how far can NATO go in terms of supporting Ukraine in this effort of trying to fight off the Russians how far can NATO go before it becomes a matter of we are now considered by Putin to be at war with Russia? But we'll come back to that. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Uh, it's that Mr. Krabs, I think. Oh, that Mr. Krabs. Um, oh, Jenny in the chat room says, Easy says it's him that tried to call, but he couldn't hear you, I think. Hmm. Well. Oh, Jenny said that was me. The phones are messed up. Oh, I don't know. All right. Well, I guess the phone's not working. Well, no calls. <laughs> um... You can Skype in if you want, Jenny. I got Skype on. Um, but, uh, yeah, so a key question here is, and this this must go into how we proceed forward, this uh, constant analysis of this. How far can we push it? I guess that's what I'm really saying. How far can NATO push it before we are considered to be, by the Russians, we are considered to be uh, directly engaged with the Russians? Because you hear this phrase, act of war. Putin says, well, if the you know if anyone does this, I'll consider it an act of war. If anyone does this, I'll consider it uh, you're in direct conflict with us. And he says these things to try to discourage us from doing things like supplying planes to the Ukrainians for fear that this conflict then escalates into a potentially potentially a nuclear confrontation, which obviously must be avoided at all costs. So how much can NATO do? How far can we push it in our support of Ukraine before it becomes considered an act of war and before Putin uses what we do as an excuse to say, maybe use a tactical nuke? 
which has never been done. Hello there. Can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? You know, you're actually coming through like you got static on the line. Oh, no, I don't know. Oh, that's weird. It's a wacky day. Yeah, well, I had trouble with uh, Facebook earlier. Um, so you see, yeah, yes, you did. And then I got the message from Easy, and that's why I tried to call the phone line and realized that it, it was having a problem. But what you're talking about is super important. I think that the, what they're doing is amassing troops and equipment and everything all along the NATO borders. And I see Putin screwing up and doing something that crosses into one of those borders, even if not accidentally with his ragbag troop movement that's really gotten down, gone downhill since he started. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly think that something, that's my fear. And I feel like, quite frankly, I feel like World War III's already started. And how long is it going to be that the world sits back and watches this massacre happening? Because for me, it, the Ukrainians feel like the new Jews and Putin the new Hitler because he's 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 wiping them out. What, what do you call it when he's dropping bombs and cluster bombs on apartment complexes that are nowhere near any military viable target? Well, he calls it uh, denazification, apparently, with with no uh, evident sense of irony. Is that the same word that he used to describe the, what was it, third or fourth so-called human corridor to allow innocent civilians to escape? And then he waited 30 minutes and dropped bombs on him, and I'm looking at a whole family dead on the ground. Just mom, dad, two kids, stroller, freaking down. It, yeah, yeah. The just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. This summer, when the sun's down, turn up the fun at Cedar Point Nights. The ultimate after-dark beach party is every night from July 29th through August 21st. Dance with throwback DJ sets, challenge your friends with beach games, or just take it easy at fire pits lining Cedar Point's legendary mile-long beach. Then enjoy the new Lake Erie Luau, a food experience like no other. For a limited time, get park admission, luau tastings, and parking for just $69.99. Only at cedarpoint.com. I feel like I'm watching people get assassinated for being Ukrainians because Putin says they're all Russian and Ukrainians are saying, absolutely, we are not. We are our own people. Well, apparently, too, acts, apparently, huh? too, that's been one of the uh, issues that has come up with uh, some of these Russian troops where their morale is being so damaged because they they don't understand why they're they feel like they're fighting their own people they feel like they've been sent in to murder uh their brothers and and sisters and and they're uh they're confused 
There's been some indications here and there, but I'd love to see that there would be a wide, a wide report of Russian soldiers um, screwing up their equipment on purpose and just letting themselves get captured to get out of it. Yeah, well, what would be cool is, and I, I saw something about this, but I don't think it was official. If, if, uh, I mean, I know the Ukrainians have tried to put out some sort of message that Russian troops, if they want, you know, they can they can come join us and they'll be safe. And and uh, you know, I I saw something about a, a possible cash prize for doing that. You know, Russian soldiers who who defect. I mean, you don't hear that term anymore, but I think I guess it would be a defection. Uh, if they defect yeah. uh, to Ukraine and and join the U- Ukrainians, they'll get uh, uh, you know some sort of uh, geez. I hope they're not paid in rubles because that's not worth anything. But whatever the Ukrainian currency is, I guess it would be, um, which I I think is a great idea. You know, take advantage of the fact that their morale is low and their morale is low for a number of reasons. But uh, again, not the least of which is many of them apparently feel like they've been sent to kill their own brothers and sisters and. You know, or maybe they have friends in Ukraine and they don't get it and they're uh, they're frustrated. Exactly. I mean, and then the Ukrainian people's perspective is this is our home. This is the way we live. We don't want to be Russian. We don't want to live Russian. We want to live here in our Ukraine and raise our children, you know, and 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 be free. This has become a battle of democracy versus what? oligarchy i don't know i mean he's acting like he's gonna i'm waiting for him to decide he's the new kaiser you know or or the new czar and just give himself a new title that's the only thing he hasn't done yet yeah it's it's uh, democracy versus autocracy it's just it's mind-boggling and it just sits in it sits in the pit of my stomach like the heaviest weight i wish that i was physically capable to go myself and help them take care of wounded you know it's just how long is how much is going to happen before the world says enough? Because this isn't going to end until Putin gets what he wants. He has no other or, other course of action. The only saving face he can have is to win. Well, I do feel like the world is uh, has already said enough because the world is uh, the world is acting. I, I feel like the world has really come together on this. Um, in terms of uh, punishing Russia economically. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that one, 100%. I was reading one earlier. I, I mentioned it to you. In Poland, families that are taking in refugees, the government of Poland is giving stipends to these families to help take care of housing them and feeding them and clothing them. These people went away with just the, the clothes on their backs and what little they could carry. Yeah, it's and I, it's, it's uh, stunning. Uh, Poland, I, I think, is is an example of of you know a, a real hero in all of this. The way they have stepped up, it's um it's truly remarkable, and they deserve tremendous credit. Given the amount of people who are Jewish in Ukraine, too, it's interesting to see Poland go. They literally said they had one of their officials literally said, "We are going to do what nobody did for Poland." Mm-hmm. When Hitler marched into Poland and he would gather up a town, an entire town, and just kill everybody, mm-hmm. just mass massacres across across the Polish land. Now Poland 
is saying, get everybody you can over here. We will protect you. You can stay for as long as you need to. We'll help you get a home. We'll help you get a job. We'll help you learn language. Whatever you need, we're here. We're going to help you. You're going to be a part of our world. We could all take a page out of Poland. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and all the what I'm surprised at and I'm pleasantly surprised to see is a lot of these major corporations that are backing out of agreements with Russian companies. I yeah. think Boeing has even said they're not going to supply them with any plane parts anymore. Yeah, I don't think uh, not only I mean, Putin mis- miscalculated on every possible level, it would appear not only on on uh, the level of ease or difficulty with invading Ukraine, but also the economic punishment. Like I said earlier, he you know, we were told it, w- it was going to take months before they would feel or see any real damage. And really, it was a matter of about five days uh, the ruble uh, went into the toilet, and uh, the economy has been pretty much flushed down the toilet uh, in Their Russia. Their bond rating was sank to uh, junk. Yeah, yep. They've been dropped to junk. And they're not going to recover. from. It's going to take generations. It took generations to build. It's going to be in a recession. Oh, not even a recession, worse. perhaps a depression. Wor- yeah, it, it took generations to build what they have, and it took five days to flush it all away. And that's how Putin will, will go down in history. Just incredible. It, 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 exactly. He, he's, he's replaced the pariah in a, in a way of Hitler with himself. He's like the new Stalin. Yeah. You know, he, it, it, in the, what I don't, what I think played a role in this is his history, his age. He's an old school guy from the KGP and, you know, pr- when we had rabbits on our TVs and we didn't have computers in our home, he had, I believe, zero understanding of how the world would have 100% front row access to everything he's doing mm-hmm. and judging. And he, what's he going to do, threaten the world? He started threatening Finland. Uh, now he, what is he going to do, put an arrest warrant out for Elon Musk now? I mean... Individual companies are joining. It's not just the government. It's not just big corporations. It's little mom and pop stores. It's people going into stores that won't buy certain things. He didn't expect the world to be able to see dead bodies on their screens at the moment that they happen. And he's sitting there going, fake news. Fake news. He took a page out of Trump. Fake news. Well, he probably still has very much a Cold War mentality. And there was no Internet. Uh, during the uh, Cold War era, uh, I mean, some would say the Cold War never truly ended, and actually, I would agree. But but there was no internet back then. Um, during the fall of the uh, when the Soviet Union did uh, disintegrate, there was no internet at that point, and um, uh, technology has has advanced so much. We're far more integrated and interconnected, and our economies are. And with globalization, everything is much more interconnected and interdependent than ever. And I, I don't think he necessarily quite understands that or realized how, how quickly uh, his economy would crumble. And here we are now, we're just, um, we're just shy of two weeks into this disaster and he's now shut off access to Facebook, to Twitter, to he's trying to shut down the information stream that's getting into Russia Mm -hmm. and telling people he started a war, and this is what's going on, despite the fact that they're getting fed some special operation denazification bogus crap. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh You there? Yeah. That's uh yeah, that's that appears to be the strategy. It 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 is. It is. And I don't think that they expected as much my fear is that what's happening now is exactly what needs to happen. NATO is is amassing forces. They've come in from France. They're coming from the United States. They're from Canada. They're from the Netherlands. A freaking Switzerland's in the game now. Everybody is amassing equipment around the NATO border. Um, they're keeping lines of, of open of being able to move equipment. He didn't count on all of that. But the minute he does one thing wrong... With all of that volatility around him, it's like he's surrounded by, you know, uh, dynamite sticks. And where's the spot going to come from? Well, that's another. That's, that's another example. Uh, the other way out of this. That's another example of where he miscalculated because he's so paranoid about NATO, and all he's done is fortify NATO. Uh, NATO is stronger than ever because of this now. More united than yeah. ever, the world is united against him. You know, almost. I mean, with a couple of, you know, maybe not China, but and certainly not Belarus. But but for the most part, everyone's against him. He's he's any any problem he could have possibly had. He just made it exponentially worse. There's there's literally nothing that lands on the positive side of the ledger in this whole thing for Putin. It's it's really stunning. The, the, the vast majority of the world leaders walked out on the mm -hmm. Russian ambassador in the U.N. Yep as a sign of solidarity with Ukraine and, and, and being against them. But, you know, I don't, there's things that NATO and the UN have done that they have never done ever in the history of mankind before because of what Putin's doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is, we're seeing an unprecedented thing in our world, and it really does feel like it's the fight to democracy or putting up another iron curtain. I mean, they're already going to be isolated from the majority of the world. Yeah. How bad is up to him, and he's not going to be willing to stop. He wants to save face, and that means he has to win. Well, there is no winning. I mean, uh, there's, there, like I said, even if he gains control of the country, he'll have gained control of a pile of rubble. There's just he's, the, a, there's, he's a pariah. Yeah, it, it's it's he's just waltzing in there and taking over people's lives. They're never going to give him any ounce of respect or 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 you know feel it's our country. There's certainly not going to be any patriotic pride going on there. Right. I'm, I'm sure he'll. You can get arrested right now in Russia for flying the Ukrainian flag. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Um, sorry, what? No, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just looking at the time. Uh, so no, uh, no Charles Richardson show tonight? No, no Charles Richardson show tonight. We're having this Monday off, which... To be quite honest, I'm not against. I'm still feeling a bit under the weather. Yeah, of course. I had a spinal infusion today, and it actually hit me rather hard. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it, yes, it did. That was the first. I couldn't walk for a while there. Yeah. That was the first. That <laughs> yep. was spooky. Yeah. I had sent you, um, I sent you 
a couple of pieces um, about things, but uh, there's someone who's actually taken the time, uh, Lester Holt, um, the, the, the 20 most outlandish lines from Donald Trump's letter to Lester Holt. I thought you might enjoy that. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, I'll take a look. But I should probably let you get back to you know, finishing up the end of the shoe. Yeah, I want to get some more uh, Facebook comments I want to look at here. And uh, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be wrapping up in a few minutes. All right, Get called up. Yeah. All righty. All right. Be uh, safe. I will. I'll see you in a bit. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Love you. Love you. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, so uh, Jenny leaves us. And uh, the phone, uh, we're not going to take any calls for the rest of the show because apparently there is an issue with the phone line. So that happens. Uh, technology will fail us occasionally, but uh, you can, of course, interact and opine in the Facebook live chat, or uh, you can always text me at 617-917-4476 or tweet me at Matt Connerton. But um, Dirk Don in the uh, chat room was saying Canada needs a honking every once in a while to make sure Trudeau is in check. I was saying earlier, I don't trust that uh, Justin Trudeau, Trudeau, by the way, the honking, that's what uh, Dirk uh, calls, you know, the, uh, the, the convoy truckers there with their, they're honking their horns because they were so mad about everything with the vaccines. And by the way, um, I understand that there's a similar. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Uh, effort uh, being uh, organized here in the United States, and it's supposed to go to uh, D.C., another one of these trucker convoys, because they're so mad about ma mask mandates and vaccine mandates and this and that. And, uh, you know, I, I can't help but wonder. Um, I, I don't know if you all have noticed, but this whole pandemic thing is kind of winding down anyway. So is it really... Uh, worth making a big stink at this point. I mean, we seem to be granted some of that is kind of illusory because we're uh, the, the pandemic has been displaced almost entirely by what I would argue is uh, the biggest foreign policy story of my lifetime. Certainly I, I, I think, or maybe, I don't know, maybe the, maybe not, but, or it would certainly be in the top five what's happening right now. Um, but part of it is the, it's the moment, you know, we're in the moment of it. So it seems like the biggest thing ever. Um, I mean, the fall of the Soviet union obviously was a very big deal. Uh, nine 11, uh, going into Iraq, going into Afghanistan. But, um, but anyway, but this has displaced the pandemic, but the pandemic I mean, we do seem to be, as far as I know, and I haven't even been paying that much attention the last few days. Um, and unfortunately, it's going to lead to a lot of people putting their guard down too early. But we do seem to be in in that moment of um, going from pandemic to endemic. Um, hospital rates have plunged. And um, so I just, I would just say to these truckers, Hey man, you really want to bother with this now? I mean, 
we're sort of at the end of this thing. Uh, yeah, I understand you're anti-vax. You don't believe in science, whatever your problem is. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, are you really worried about it at this point? You know, you really need to clog up the supply chain with your truck. That's not what the truck is for. The truck is supposed to outmove stuff, not clog everything up. Anyway, that's just my thoughts. I think it's uh, I think it's silly. The, but I like that, though, the honking. Uh, Crystal says in the chat, I read they are filling up stadiums to donate blood for Ukraine's injured. Also, mothers leaving strollers on the border for refugee moms to have. Oh, that's cool. Yep, Jenny says, I saw the strollers at the train station. Gave me the chills. Um, Tom Blanchard says, yes, if the no-fly zone is activated, the U.S. will replace any of the Polish planes that get shot down, but they don't have the technology to fly our planes. That's the problem. Yeah, that is a problem, uh, Tom. Um, and that's why, again, uh, some have suggested that it would be better to Forget the planes and focus on flying armed drones, which are easier to learn and more easily maneuverable in some ways. And there's there's many more of them. Um, but uh, but we absolutely we cannot activate our own no fly zone. That is uh, off the table. But like I said, but that goes back to the point that I was making before before the break is. You know, how how far can we push? How far can NATO push this? What we do? and our contributions to helping the Ukrainians without Putin saying this is an act of war and then he has an excuse to escalate things on his end and then he's in direct conflict with NATO because that is the one thing we have to avoid. That's why I still hear every day I see and I hear these people saying, now, you know what, we need a no-fly zone. We have to put a no-fly zone up over Ukraine. And I I give the Biden administration, you know, I, I see this stuff on social media and, and of course, it's so it's nakedly partisan for the most part. But, you know, I, I see all these Republicans. Oh, Biden has no spine. He should just he should just want to go in there and and kill the Russians and get them out. And it's like, uh, you know, I, I said to somebody, I don't usually bother actually arguing politics on Facebook or uh, or any social media. I prefer to save it all for the show. I find just arguing in general on social media to be very tedious. So it's not something I like to do. But uh, although, I, you know, if somebody makes a, a terrible uh, video attacking me, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll certainly watch that. I, not that it hurts my feelings or anything. I just laugh because <laughs> it's, you know, it, it, like if a clown, like if some clown living in another state makes a video where they're uh, attacking me and they're talk, talking about me like I'm some sort of puppet master that I control all these people and send them after him to uh, harass him or something. I, I actually get a big kick out of that. I, I think it's quite humorous. But anyway, but um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so I don't like arguing with politics on, on arguing about politics on social media, but I did say to somebody, it's actually a local, we don't talk about local politics on the show, so I'm not going to say his name, but it's a local Manchester guy who uh, many of you know uh, who said, who said on Facebook, you know, when is Biden going to do something about this? And uh, I did say to him, you know, and, and other people were saying things like this, too, in response to him on Facebook. Uh, Do you want to die for Ukraine? In other words, you know, if we directly, if NATO directly engages the Russians militarily, then that will be the start of World War Three. And we cannot, 
it's it's uh, all throughout the Cold War. All throughout the Cold War, we fought these proxy wars with the Russians, where we were arming people and they were arming people, and we were so we were engaged but not directly engaged. We were engaged militarily by proxy, but it was a Cold War. We did not directly engage the Russians militarily. We weren't shooting down their planes, for example, over a misguided no-fly zone, which is a terrible idea for that exact reason. If we put up a no-fly zone, it's the same argument I used to make about why there could not be a no-fly zone over Syria. When we were there and the Russians were there, you put up a no-fly zone, you end up in a situation where as soon as the Russians violate the no-fly zone, you have to shoot down that Russian plane. You put up a no-fly zone, they violated it. you got to shoot down that plane. Well, guess what? Now we're at war, and that will escalate, and then everyone will die. So if nobody minds, I would like to avoid global thermonuclear Armageddon. You know, I mean, I got a busy schedule, and that's going to really mess up my day. Not to sound selfish, but so I would like to avoid that if, if it's okay with everyone else. So, you know, all this tough talk about oh, Biden, you know, he needs to be tougher. He needs, I think this administration, you know, somebody called him spineless on social media. And I said, you know, no, spine is standing up to the crazy people who want to do something reckless and stupid, which is what Biden, Biden is showing spine. I think, look, I've got my criticisms of Biden. I think he's done a really good job on this so far. I think he's been a steady hand. I think he's been, I think he's been tough. With the sanctions, and um, you know, now they're talking about the the oil embargo on on uh, Russian oil, and I, I think he's been I think he's been very tough. I think he's been very strong. I think he has set the right tone. I think he's, but I also think he's been cautious, and I think he's been measured. And I'm sorry, but I don't see being cautious as a weakness. I know some people do. Some people, no matter how many hard lessons we learn over the years, over the decades, in terms of these. Foreign policy entanglements, some people just still don't get it. Uh, just saying, let's go in and blow up everyone and everything. Uh, it's never that simple. And it very often just doesn't work out that way. So having someone be careful and cautious when you're talking about dealing with the country that has the capability, the nuclear capability to incinerate large parts of the United States in roughly the time that it takes to have a pizza delivered. They've got more nuclear weapons than anyone. I didn't even know until recently. I'd been getting this wrong forever. I had always said Russia had the second largest stockpile of nuclear weapons in the world after the United States. Turns out that's not even true. Russia has the largest stockpile of nuclear weapons in the world. They have more nukes than us. I mean, at a certain point, at a certain number, it ceases to matter, right? You know, once you have enough to blow up the whole world several times over, it kind of doesn't matter, you know, if you got 5,000 ICBMs, if you got 6,000, eh, at a certain point it doesn't doesn't make a big difference, right? Every, either way, whatever, everyone's going to die. I'd like to avoid that. So I like having a president and the other NATO members too, leadership in these other countries, they've also been very, you know, I think they've been firm, I think they've been tough, but cautious. What is wrong with being cautious when you're dealing with a nuclear power? Is it really better to just be impulsive and just say, yeah, let's go. Let's send in the cavalry. Th this is, you know, this is existential what we're talking about here. The potential consequences of a mistake. 
of an escalation of an unforced error are pretty bad, pretty bad consequences potentially, okay? So I think Biden's doing a good job. I know it's not the cool thing to say, Biden's doing a good job. <laughs> These days, everyone just wants to dump on him for every little thing, but I think he's doing a good job on this, and I appreciate a steady, cautious hand on this. And I think that's what we're getting. And by the way, I would also add, you know, the, the people who just want <clears throat> to, some people don't necessarily want to know fly zone, which again, I think would be akin to murder suicide. Some people don't necessarily want that, but they think that we should have already by now gone and thrown every possible sanction, every possible financial penalty, already cut off the oil, done everything possible to punish Putin and punish the Russians. I don't necessarily agree with that either. I think it makes more sense to do, and again, I think this is what's been happening, to do this incrementally. Now, you will say, many of you will say, well, okay, but by doing it incrementally, he's not, he's not getting the message and he's continuing to do what he does. But here's the thing. If you throw everything but the kitchen sink at Putin, and then you go ahead and you throw the kitchen sink too, you reach a point where there's nothing left. There's nothing left to do. Nothing has stopped him, and you, and short of a no-fly zone, which, again, is absolutely off the table. And again, Biden is correct. And Biden is correct, by the way, to make that clear. He's made it very, very clear, and he's been very public about making it clear, which is important, because it is important that Vladimir Putin hears that. That Vladimir Putin, for all his saber-rattling, because he likes to talk about, oh, you know, there could be, you know, he needs to know that our president is serious about not doing something escalatory like that. We need the other guy to know that so that he doesn't get stupid or stupider. But, um, but if you exhaust all possible sanctions, all possible punitive action, all possible penalty, and you have nothing left to use then you have nothing left to use. You have nothing left to offer. You have no olive branch. You always want to leave something, some sort of a possible off-ramp, some way out for him. And once you've exhausted everything, you've left him with no way out. So then there is no chance of correcting and changing his behavior at that point. No chance. None. Nothing left. You've already used everything. All right, I didn't. Uh, I just looked at the time, and it is time. Time to go. All right, so we're out of here. If you miss any part of today's show, it'll be up in just a little bit at WMNHradio.org and at my website, mattconnerton.com. Thank you to Jenny for Skyping in. Uh, thank you to everyone who tried to call in. Apparently, uh, an issue with the phone line. It happens uh, now and again. Who knows? Maybe we've been hacked by the Russians. <laughs> it, uh, it could happen. Again, I shouldn't. Uh, I, I shouldn't. Uh, uh, kid about uh, about that, but um, and uh, again, uh, congratulations to the morning show. They got a new sponsor for the station, Clementos. Uh, very nice, and of course, congratulations to Peter White and the morning show celebrating their six year anniversary here at WMNH ninety five point three FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. All right, I'm gonna get. Uh, I've been playing this song a lot lately, but I think it fits. I'm gonna leave you with this: a little Edwin Starr. And uh, I will talk at you all a little bit later. Bye, everybody.
When Big Mobile charges you an arm and a leg, they're taking your money and your power. And your arm and leg. Boost Mobile gives your power back with an unlimited plan for $25 a month on one of America's largest 5G networks. We can't give you back your arm and your leg because we're not qualified surgeons. Unless you're an iguana who can grow limbs back. Switch to Boost and get an unlimited plan for $25 a month. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. New customers only. One line, $25 per month with auto pay. Additional restrictions apply. See BoostMobile.com for details. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232.